Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Uh, this time, This time, we had a bit of a bit of a rough last night since well some things happened very near us a bit of a explosive things which we're gonna talk about with anthony on his ukraine without hype because after this we're gonna do a debriefing episode a longer one which is gonna air on both of our feeds but yeah didn't get much sleep and then uh then we went quite close to the to the front lines which was an adventure in itself lots of um impressions there. One thing that I would like to mention here just quickly because we're going to probably go through all of this and analyze this stuff with uh, with Anthony is that um, Ukrainians seem to be very unbreakable people. You see in places where where people were you know fighting and where tanks were based and artillery was standing nearby there are still people there plowing the fields and working and I, I saw cows and, and, and sheep and goats due to travel, due to some travel conditions that we had there. Uh, couldn't take much pictures of that. I did take some pictures, which uh, soon, as the moment of this recording, will be available on Twitter and on Facebook. Because, again, 12-hour 12 uh, time delay. However, well, we still have news going on. It's kind of interesting to talk about southern front when um, all this is happening but hey fighting today over here and all over the southern front especially near Avdeevka and um, and Liman still Liman seems to be in a kind of a closer position to being encircled although Russians are gathering more and more troops there yes without the training and everything we have reports that there is a whole train in the Donetsk region that's been um, blown up and according to the news, well, soon in the southern front, in Kherson uh, front lines, there's going to be a bunch of these Mobics, at least they're called Mobics in the Donetsk Luhansk People's Republics, so they're going to come over here as well. And uh, I hope that, well, everything can be managed quite nicely. Meanwhile, I have a special thank you to Anton, or the loss on Twitter. He's uh, done a great favor for me since I've been quite busy uh, the, today doing interviews and everything 
Uh, I'll mention that at the end. But um, he founded some Telegram channels for me and, and translated one and provided good info on the second one. So thanks. And we're going to be focusing on this. First of all, there was an interesting thread about the Russian and George border, about people who stand there, who are stranded there, to be honest. And um, I just want to read you this because this truly shows the whole attitude of the Russian government towards their own people and uh, what could turn into way more disastrous actions, really. Quote, A friend of mine was there, back when the estimated time to cross was 40 hours. Saw it firsthand and now is helping to cross the line to those who are still there. I'm reading the news and I have a feeling that the public is being totally underinformed. First of all, the estimates of the queue length that you read, feel free to multiply them by 10. Because, in addition to the border checkpoints, there is now a layered approach made of traffic, traffic police checkpoints right before the border and on the nearby highways. They're either not letting anyone through or charging bribes. Sometimes they just wave everyone through, but one might need, one might need to wait for days. So, in addition to the border jam, there are miles-long jams before each checkpoint. Checkpoint locations may change. Bribe sizes increase every day. The locals offer to lead you around checkpoints and charge a lot for it, but then you simply encounter the next checkpoint and by, by then you're out of cash. Desperate hitchhikers leave the cars that drove them to walk. For context, the border is in the mountains, and few have properly prepared for the 30-kilometer trek. It's cold, and the nights are especially cold. People don't, don't have warm clothes, no water, no food. Drivers are not letting walkers warm up in their cars for free. They, of course, charge for it. But yesterday, one couldn't cross the Russian border on foot. That's why people take scooters or bicycles. Yesterday, you could buy a bicycle for a 1,000 rubles. Today, it's 40,000. Or there's an option of hopping on a car right near the border when the driver queues, where the driver was queued to make more money. Today, they started letting people through on foot. And it's a relief for those who are already there. But if you think one step ahead, it's very scary. Once people have learned of the development, foot traffic increased manifold. The checkpoint's capacity is still very limited. There is also a finite number of car seats available. There is no food, water, warming tents, or phone chargers. Do you understand what's going to happen next? The checkpoint will attract a huge crowd of people who can literally freeze to death. I've heard from a few people that, that, that have made it through that such risk is deemed real. There is no way to disperse the crowd. The road is blocked by the cars, on one side you've got a vertical mountain slope, on the other a mountain river and another deep slope. There is no way to quickly evacuate them either, the road is jammed. No way to deliver food, water or propane for warming. The prices of food, water and warming up in a car will shoot up exponentially. People may begin to storm the cars and fight for clothes and water. There already have been some fights there. Let me remind you that, that many there don't have any warm clothes. Some people will faint from dehydration or cold because it's a complete man-eat man there. It's a literal humanitarian catastrophe there, not hyperbole, not a metaphor. A man who just came from there said with his eyes wide, it's a hell. A man who crossed yesterday said he thought this time, uh, his time was hell, but against what happened later, it was nothing. Let's imagine they shut the border. What will those hungry, freezing people do? And, and here I like to throw into the middle that uh, already a lot of Georgians are demanding that their government actually does close the border. So this might become a reality. Continuing on. Will one APC or the border guard stop them? What will the military do? What will their actions lead to? 
That is why I think you can still make it if you prepare like it's a winter march. Bring warm clothes, bring power banks, bring food and water. One acquaintance was prepared to ditch a laptop to take more water. Just understand that the way the media describes it does not reflect how serious the situation really is. He's talking about the Russian media here, obviously. By the way, reading about the jam, you may imagine an orderly queue with tickets at all. Ha! The roadsides and oncoming lanes are all packed, on both sides of the border. It is jammed because there is simply no way to move. You can avoid traffic checkpoints and jams on foot or on a bike. It's the most reliable option. But it's unclear at this point what to do with the crowd at the border checkpoint that's by now 20 times bigger than what my friend saw yesterday. Still, some manage to cross. Remember, warm clothes, water, food, power banks. The latest from the people who are there now or just came from there. Quote, Alas, I was right. The fights are already breaking out. Another news from the checkpoint. The price of the cross of crossing in a car has become 10 times yesterday's minimum. That's the price for being allowed in the car to cross. Another interesting bit. Changing border guards shifts come and go by foot because you can't drive up to the checkpoint even with the flashers on. And soon, the cars will start running out of gas. And yes, no rumors of problems on the Georgian side have been confirmed. Georgians are great. And then after this post, there was another one which stated that um, there are rumors already circulating amongst the people stranded there that the Russian side is preparing to basically set up a um, conscription post right there on the border. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is bad. This is really bad. And talking about that, well, today we were lucky enough with Anthony to do an interview with um, the Dagestani protesters. I have a copy on my Patreon if you are a supporter. Interesting part is that um, I'll be working with this, of course, and translating a lot of it. But but for the most part, I'm gonna be trying to spread it around to other media sources because I have a lot of work to do, especially with the Belarusians and everything. However... The most interesting part of this I can share with you, although it was the usual about how Dagestanis are being persecuted and their grievances with the Russian mainland and their main population, as they call it, and how the protests are going and what are the goals, everything like that. But in the end, um, which is what I'm going to say here, probably going to repeat the one on the episode of the, the Dagestani protests specifically, was the fact that at the end the, the folks were asked, well, what do you think these Dagestani protests, can they cause other protests inside the country? And I doubt that the guys I spoke to knew much about the Georgian situation there on the border. And the response was, well, we all know that Russia is Putin, 
but that uh, Caucasus is Caucasus and Middle Russia is Middle Russia and all that stuff. And the, nobody in Moscow really cares about Dagestan and no one in Dagestan no, cares about Moscow that much. Dagestanis and people in Caucasus in general do not support any opposition party because they don't know what opposition party kind of works for them. Because Putin has made this whole Russian Federation only repressions and nothing else, uh, eliminated the institutions and only makes the central Moscow government associate with himself and Yedina Russia party, the kleptocrats and everything. Well, because of that, as Putin's, everything he says is fictional and he only represses people. Because of this, the whole idea of Russia has become somewhat fictional. People are already living in their own regions. Moscowites are looking at Dagestanis and vice versa and not helping each other and not getting involved. The few liberals and, and opposition people who try to kind of still unify everything, they're considered naive. All the Caucasus are already living for their own, for their own survival, for their own like existence. Everything's very decentralized in a way that no one cares about Moscow that much if it wouldn't oppress them as much, that is. They would already be well prepared to leave and the guy, he, he runs a, this very new online movement, Free Caucasus, where he and other blogger types and opposition guys organize and stuff, but um, he stated that, yeah, he's ready to move on and basically make Caucasus deoccupied. And that's an interesting thing that, that is another aspect that I hadn't really calculated on, but kind of proves my theory that um, we might be looking at all this situation because there is no one that could do the same thing as Putin did, not as well at least, and the repressions are also going to end at one point, and at that point, well, the Russians are by now already basically living in various separate countries. Another thing happened, of course, and um, Nord Stream 2. Basically, in Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, some, well, underground uh, tackles happened, underground explosions and gas leaked out, and that's an ecological catastrophe. And again, well, we we in the Baltics, of course, are right now in the full mode of, we told you so that, you know, building those things was a bad idea, but um, everyone else seems to be kind of calm. Well, Russian media are starting to slowly wake up on this, and of course they're blaming the United States. Here's a bit more from Anton, which shared some, some photos with me. Apparently, Radek Sikorsky, the husband of Anne Applebaum, yeah, he did a bit of a favor for the Russian propaganda, where he apparently jokingly posted a picture of these kind of gas coming out of this and said, thank you, USA, in a tweet. Now, I don't know if he was joking or not, but uh, what he did, although, you know, he's in a position from Poland where he shouldn't be playing in the hands of Russian propaganda, but he did, was made sure that um, now everyone's blaming the United States or the Poland itself. In the Telegram screenshots that was sent, here are quotes. Someone called Nikki Sergei stated, Told you so, it's the Poles. He gets a comment, But in general, you know, it's actually beautiful that everyone is now blaming the United States. This is added with some comments that some people have fled everything. But um, another interesting comment in this group that is focused on this and this that's probably going to spread the news outside of other groups is that... Uh, Quote, well, meanwhile, thinking that um, this Siverny Potok, the Nord Stream pipe, was partially in Russian property, we can think that um, all the gas pipes and oil pipes of the United States and Britain, who are located in the international waters, are no longer protected by anything, and, you know, interesting things could happen there. That's another situation. Basically, 
They're blaming they're blaming uh, SDX and SBS all day, and they're all claiming that United States did everything. We shall see tomorrow, of course, a lot of lot of posts about Alaska Nash. The usual Alaska is always theirs. That's that's what they do. I mean, Wagner Group is already selling off um, T-shirts with, you know, Alaska being a part of Russia, also some parts of Kazakhstan and um, and China even. And Kazakhstan apparently is super friendly towards the Russian immigrants. I would call them that. But um, the people there, well, not so much. We've seen a lot of things in, in Telegram. They're uh, looking to make some profit out of this. My Finnish fellows, however, they're, well, apparently Helsinki right now and other places in, in Finland are also full with Russian cars from various regions, including Belgorod and other places. All in all, well, this mobilization looks like a kind of a political farce since the total number of people who apparently, according to both Russian and foreign data, have left the country has reached already 300,000 or more, like reached already the official number there. However, reports indicate that in the mobilization efforts, there might be like a thousand, like I'm sorry, a million or more people mobilized and they're just being spent because in a grim twist of fate, probably Russia doesn't even have enough enough material to arm them. And finally, for today, uh, the big news, and you will, of course, be surprised. Say this in a funny voice because uh, the referendums ended. Uh, or, well, uh, shamarenda, as they are called on my report. I, I like this phrase, shamarenda. I'm going to be using them from now on, I suppose. Well, you will be very surprised by the fact that the the lowest the lowest barrier of how many people actually totally legitimately voted with guns in their heads and everything to join Russia was um, 96.7% in Kherson district. And that was the lowest one. Everything was like around 97, 98%. The percentage is ridiculous even for this situation. Uh, I I read that they maybe have lowered the percentages, but this was according to the early poll results. But to be honest, no one cares about the fact. Everyone knew that the whole thing anyways. United States already has declared that it will not punish Ukraine in any way or form for using uh, the, the the United States vehicles and, and HIMARSs and everything to basically shoot at those fake referendum areas where Russians are. But um, my theory is that, one, Putin's maybe trying to show that all the situation is kind of sham and the democracy in general is a sham because he doesn't believe it since, you know, he has lost every fair elections he has participated in, except maybe 2004, but the validity of those is also disputed. And secondly, well, he's never participated in any debates, too. He also lost those. He hates elections, and he thinks everyone's a sham. So, yeah, this might be him some sort of psychological attempt. Another theory is that all these referendums with all the fact that people voted and someone got paid for counting the votes. Yeah, there was an interesting thread on Twitter about how uh, this might be a psychological action against the Ukrainians living there. You know, they're forced to do something meaningless against their will, something that humiliates them, kind of to break their spirits. If this is true, then it also probably won't work since, from what I've seen, they're very tough people. And finally, finally, there's the my favorite theory, because previous two involved some sort of plan or malice, and uh, I'm a strong believer of Putin not being able, or his aides being unable to form any coherent plan, and that's the theory that probably Alexander from History Impossible will like the most, is the fact that they're just incompetent. 
they're just ridiculously incompetent and the local occupational power governments just try to compete in some way or form for whomever is going to be the most loyal without appearing like a total sham. In the end, they appeared, all of them, like a total sham. I believe this one because that's kind of the simplest one and is sort of believable if you look at every other action that's happened throughout all the situation. So don't forget to check out uh, Ukraine Without Hype. He recorded an episode today. I know because I was listening to that episode while he was recording it. It's really good. Philosophical, too. I liked it. Go check it out. And uh, thank you for your support. More reporting incoming soon. And remember, happiness is mandatory. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.